Hey, it's the Double One Radio Podcast. We don't have an intro today because traveling. <laughs> the uh, the regular stream computer is not available, which means this is scuffed Double One Radio. <laughs> We're back to talk about video games. Is everyone excited? Oh, well, you you love scuff time. I'm glad you all love scuff time. <laughs> it just really is is great to start off with the weird energy that not having the intro creates. Yeah, it's very strange. <laughs> no head bobbing. No head bobbing. It's just, just kind of. It just kind of starts. It's just. It, just it starts and for <laughs> some reason <laughs> refuses to stop. Uh, this, this is the double own radio cold, cold open. Yeah, this is. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. This what is this the is. coldest. This is the coldest open of any of anything ever. It is. It is below zero. All right. Well, now that we're super off the rails already, <laughs> we we have some stuff to talk about today. Uh, notably, we're going to talk about some video games and some random questions. Uh, that's no. that's the topic. Okay. <laughs> no. All right. Just no. Can't well, do that. <laughs> can't do what? Can't talk about video can't talk games. About that. No. <laughs> Great. I'm I'm glad that this is the the energy yeah, you've decided we, to bring to the episode today, Brad. We don't, we don't we don't talk about video games on this good Christian podcast. He's not yes anding. About. He's no budding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean the worst thing you could possibly do. Great. <laughs> I do think there is one major bit of video game news that we should talk about this week, and by one I mean there was there was a state of play. So a state of play happened. Oh, uh, yeah. Why didn't I watch it together? That's really... I don't know about you two. I felt nothing. <laughs> almost this I entire was, time, aside from Chia. I think the the best way to put it is that I was really looking forward to Suicide Squad. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about Suicide Squad. Um, let's quickly run through the rest of the state of play. Announcements. Tell uh, me because I I don't know. I didn't watch it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't. Look, I, don't I didn't request people to watch remember. it. Is for context for the the podcast being weird. We we talked about this last week. I'm moving over the course of this in the next couple of weeks. Uh, currently, I'm in a hotel for the next week and a half. So it'll be scuffed podcast for the, these two episodes. But aside from that, we'll be normal. Um, yeah, it's it's been scuffed. So we didn't have as much preparation time as I think we normally would. Uh, when it comes to our podcast topics. So, State of Play, we had, first off, and for most of the show, aside from uh, the actual Suicide Squad section, was VR. We saw a lot of VR game stuff, uh, PSVR 2 showcases. These looked like pretty standard VR games. I wouldn't say anything looked bad, but I also wouldn't say anything here really sold me on something. it's very much a case of, you know, this This is the perfect time to whip out this word, uh, being whelmed. I do think, <laughs> I know Before Your Eyes has gotten a lot of really good reception before, because it's a game that like involves you blinking as a core mechanic, which is really interesting. interesting. At the same time, I so I have weird eye issues. I, everyone on the podcast noticed, if you watch a video episodes of the podcast, you can notice that I, I have like... It's not just a lazy eye. It is a lazy eye, but I also have monocular vision, so I only look out of one eye at a time uh, with peripheral vision from the other, which just makes everything shift. VR normally works fine. Because PSVR is one of their big selling points is eye tracking, I'm oh. so curious to know how that would work with my mm. eyes. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, I, I'm very curious to know because it's a big selling point for PSVR too. Uh, and I do think I'm leaning towards being interested enough in it to pick one up at some point, but certainly not at launch or around launch. That's kind of been yeah. where I'm landed. I'm curious about why it, I, being the other person with a PSVR or PS5 capable yeah, of playing it. What is I, your your thoughts on it? There have been very, very few times where VR has interested me enough to like go out and purchase one because it's a it's a pretty big investment no matter yeah, what. Yeah, even price like a Quest in. Two or Meta Quest Two now is uh, five hundred something dollars. So it's all yeah. about the same price range for entry. I I think I mean I think the tech is really interesting. I just think. There's there's none of the games other than maybe Half Life Alex it, it piques my interest in like yeah anyway um, um what, which which means that this this uh, state of play for me wasn't super interesting um, it makes sense to have a state of play mostly have VR games right after the launch of your VR I mean, headset I am, I I'm curious about that it, because this is happening on like two days before the PSVR 2 launched. It's out mm-hmm. now. You can go buy it. So, I, I don't know. I feel it. like this marketing push should have happened mm. like a month ago. I thought ago. this was after. It might have but been after. This... The, I believe PSVR 2 launched <laughs> this is... the 20th this, this, just shows, this just shows how little interest I have in VR. I don't even know when it's coming out. This is like a major like hardware release and I just have no idea. I feel like the marketing's in... been all over the place in terms of what information is actually here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm interested in the games, but so far, I've, the vast majority of the ones that I've been interested in have just ended up being uh, lauded as, oh, this is a really cool tech demo. Yeah, and I think that's a really fair point. A, a game so far. And then also, I can't play VR. It makes yeah, me the instantly vom. <laughs> that's rough. Yeah, I, I just would hate to buy, like... You know, four five hundred dollars worth of hardware, and then not play any game yeah, and past then, like, mm-hmm. past the initial phase of like, oh, that was cool, and then just move on to something else. Right. I, you know, I, <laughs> I definitely wouldn't be able to afford something like that unless I'm really, really interested in it. So, yeah, you know. I'll say of the VR stuff that I saw, the most interesting thing to me was Synapse, which looked like kind of like a. I would equate it to like a control, but in VR is what I was getting yeah. some vibes of. That did, yeah. that that did look pretty neat. fun, but at the same time, nothing seemed groundbreaking. Uh, Foundation Journey to Foundation is really interesting because that is an adaptation of a very good sci-fi series from Isaac Asimov, who's one of the classic sci-fi writers. Oh, uh, don't know how that's actually going to turn out. That trailer seemed to promise a lot, but without having reviews of it. Who knows? It's also not coming until fall. <laughs> yeah. Way while off yet. Yeah. I don't know. Well it's just it's hard for me to like feel anything <laughs> with it, with any of this VR related stuff. Because well, it's just I have no attachment to it whatsoever. Yeah, I think yeah. that about covers our thoughts on it. So let's move on to the non VR stuff. <laughs> um we got Destiny 2 Lightfall stuff. I think Alex and I are, yeah. are on the hype train for that. Oh yeah. Looking forward to get to play some. Uh I think Destiny solved a lot of their problems, except for the fact that I still hate that the seasonal stories are leaving because the Sears were really good. Yeah. And it's really sad that you can't play them <laughs> after this podcast is out. Because they're gone. So I, I hope Bungie That's is true, starting this. to think about that stuff. 
this uh this yeah coming tomorrow morning is the the preload and taking it down for maintenance i believe yeah so uh coming soon it's just a, a weird situation of like i think destiny 2 as a game is in a really good spot right now but i still don't love the way they've structured their back end to have these seasons that just disappear and not even like in terms of seasonal content i don't really mind losing some of the seasonal content what i don't like is losing the seasonal stories that's the the real kicker it just it just seems like they can't like manage all of their content properly behind the scenes so they have to sunset a bunch of stuff it's very strange very strange yeah i just i'm not sure what their their back end looks like to have the setup but i imagine it's just complicated issue so i'm hoping they I'm can also, figure some kind of resolution out at some point but i'm i'm gonna keep my destiny talk to a minimum because i don't want to be a debbie downer the only thing that i've wanted to bring up for a while is that i'm trying to think of other games that would be able to get away with just taking out content well it does happen like so this. i know but i like, think a lot of people do and I, w- I would actually say probably include myself in this from when i used to talk about destiny i think a lot of people will think about Destiny and removing content as like the only game that does it, but there's a fair number of games. Like every single action RPG that does like seasonal content right now removes it. If you look at like Path of Exile, they have these crazy seasons, but at the same time, the stuff that is in those seasons usually isn't super story heavy in terms of well, a continuing and story. And and that's what I was kind of getting at more specifically was like. This is, I mean, I mean, Destiny 2's part of its big thing is, like, you have this this long-term live service commitment, you have this long-running story, but for people who want to get into this story now, how? Yeah. How are you going to do that unless you, yeah. you know, watch YouTube videos, which is by far not the optimal way to get caught up on this world or these characters or anything? It's just... Especially because there's so, so many weird. different methods of story delivery. This is what hit me when Wyatt, you were talking about playing Yakuza Zero, and how Yakuza mm-hmm. Zero has like four different cutscene types that it will deliver to you back to back, and it's mm-hmm. kind of confusing. Destiny does. Oh the yeah, same Destiny thing. now has that. Destiny does we, that exact same no. thing. <laughs> it has the it has the fully rendered, uh, like cutscenes in engine. It has the cool ink, the the really nice ink blot art style cutscenes. Um, they have the the like character just portrait with it talking voice acting over to you it's like yeah. there's so many different methods of the story being delivered in that game and just in terms of like visual presentation that i think it, it makes it even more confusing if you put them into a youtube video as to why things are like jumping back and forth between just voice lines and, and actual cutscene. and that's, i'd say that's why they hire lore master as an actual position for the company <laughs> and i'd say too it's probably down to the exact same reason where like those pre-rendered cutscenes look gorgeous they're incredibly well produced and so they don't have the budget or the time to like pre-render every single bit of the story and so it's like okay we're gonna save some money in 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 this part of the story to kind of like make sure we have enough you know resources for this pre-rendered scene and everything it just feels yeah which just makes sense like i i get why they would do that but I do wonder what causes them to get rid of the the seasonal story bit. Besides, I mean, hopefully not. But you know, the cynical part of me always thinks they're they're preying on FOMO. Um, I think it probably but, started like that. That yeah. I would bet that the first like, seasonal structure they, of like seasonal content that goes away was built because of FOMO. But at the same time, FOMO is not always bad. Um, yeah. 
But they they keep you know talking about how they've improved the engine to the point where they didn't need to do sunsetting anymore. They stopped at Forsaken. They're not taking away yeah. Shadow Keep or Beyond Light or anything or any of the other locations. They're all staying in the game and they're adding like they continuously add uh, all of the new um, battleground activities to the strike playlist after each time. They've done that two years in a row now. I, um, I think what the the reason as it is behind the scenes, my bet would be on the fact that they just don't have, they haven't thought about it enough to have a structure built out that allows seasonal stories to relate to like current ongoing game modes that are going to vanish because at the end of the season without you think it'd be disrupting with it. how like because one of the one of the hubs of the thing is the helm, uh, which is the spaceship that has a one two three uh four different like placements on it for each of the different like seasonal yeah. activity things during the year and those go away because you only have one helm and it gets remodeled each year uh, for that purpose do you th- but i feel like they could put solutions story missions like that's the they could put story missions in the quest kiosk which exists where you can go to like if you accidentally dismantle the quest that you want to pick back up, you go to the quest kiosk, you pick it back up, you have it in your inventory. See, Alex, I, I think what Destiny 2 needs for not even just new players, but just the ability to go through the story and actually see all of the story that matters in a chronological way is Final Fantasy XIV, and I think a few other MMOs also do this, put in the top left they have a little thing that says your next main quest and they have a special icon and you always know that's the next main quest. It's never a thing where it's like, you don't know what's going on. You can hide it if you don't want to see it all the time, but you can pull it back up if you want to know what the next main quest is. And I think destiny needs something like that, where it's just like linear, go from mission to mission to fully play the story. So that way they have fully I think they said not, not like that, but they are doing something to combat the, at least they said they are doing something to combat the feeling of not knowing what to do next season with... I feel like it has something to do I with think, the Guardian I have a feeling it's a separate issue. I think that's not... I don't think they're talking about the story with that. I think they're just talking about, like, new player onboarding of, like, how do you get people to try things without being overwhelmed, which mm-hmm. is almost a separate issue. But I think a lot of that would be resolved if it was just a way to play from story mission to story mission. And I think that goes back to why the seasons right now don't flow so well is because you don't necessarily just have story missions. You have story mission followed by weird regular content that you have to do to unlock the next story mission. And I think they just yeah. haven't figured out a way to separate that. That makes sense. Uh, yeah, the the weekly segmenting is is sort of the not not like I don't want to see the downfall of narrative, but it does segment things in a weird way to make it that they can't really. It, the story is delivered in like reason. multiple different ways of like at the end of regular content, but also at the end of story missions. Yeah. So you can, oh yeah, you get the like voiceovers at the end of missions like a heist battlegrounds. Or yeah, something like, like that. I think yeah. that they just rely on that too much to deliver stories, so they can't have a through line that is followable the whole time. And right right now, the only thing that they do have to, I guess, clue players in on what's going or what happened so far story wise is they have they have a timeline in the upper right corner in the in the destination menu where it's just like the 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 destiny timeline and it goes through everything since I think I think starting at D two, not starting at D one, and just goes over expansion expansion the overall like half a paragraph of what happened in each season. 
expansion yeah. thing like that. Yeah. I, that, I think the real boiling right down point of this is Destiny is like Dark Souls, <laughs> so far up its own lore that you have a problem trying to understand what's going on. But in Dark Souls, they never really try to make you understand because the gameplay tends to drive you forward well enough. And you always have, like, you just know, I want to fight Cool Boss Dude. But in Destiny, I can't go, I want to fight Cool Boss Dude, because I don't know where Cool Boss Dude is, or have any context as to what Cool Boss Dude is doing. And he At least all the lore the... is in the game now, unlike Destiny 1. <laughs> <laughs> Except Two. for the seasonal story missions that are no longer there. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think it's just, it's going to go in a circle until Bungie can figure something out. <laughs> It needs still a little bit of work in that regard. But aside from that, Destiny 2 is really very good time. Um, all right. Moving on to Chia, or Tachia, however you want to say it, uh, is the new Caledonian uh, open-world sandbox adventure game that mm. I've been thoroughly impressed by it every time we've seen this, where you can like, possess different animals and objects to do cool things with the environment. Uh, I'm curious how Alex and Wyatt, you two, felt about this, seeing the the trailer, the newest trailer. It's it's super visually impressive. Like every time I'm looking, I'm like, oh man, I I thought it looked pretty, but I didn't think it looked particularly (laughs) outstanding. Uh, It's clearly it looks looks interesting, but at the same time, it's not necessarily bad. I, I mean, it looks interesting enough. I don't know if it's something that I would like super get into to be honest with you but i don't think the water matched the rest of the 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 rest of the artistic aesthetic that is so much an artist thing to point out (laughs) i i love that why it is just the basic thing and then i was just like oh i don't like the water matching <laughs> I, I like the water, but I don't think it matches the art style, which is no, so just see, weird. But it feels like there's I a lot of mean. sailing yeah. and water traversal in the game, and it's it feels weird. I would guess yeah, I my guess for there is they wanted to go really like realistic with the water to match what New Caledonia actually looks like, but then the rest of it they were like, we can't make an island like this, <laughs> and so <laughs> they they had to reduce the scope of the art. That's my guess, but I, I could be very wrong. Uh, the yeah. notable thing with this is that it is coming day and date to the PS Plus Extra offering. So if you are subscribing to PS Plus Extra, their sort of Game Passy mm. model, uh, you get to play Chia included with it, which I think is a very compelling a- argument for that. That's a nice touch. Because Extra, if you don't have a lot of like first-party AAA games for your PlayStation, or if you're like getting into PlayStation now, it does have most of their important games in that extra tier, not the premium tier. Uh, including, I think, Horizon Forbidden West is in there now as well, which is a nice addition mm-hmm. coming to that. So yeah, I think it's actually shaping up to be a little bit more of a good value proposition. Same time, Chia looks very good. Uh, I'm... Yeah. Excited to actually play this when it comes out later this month or next month. I think one thing that caught my eye was um, humanity. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. the dog leading game. Super cool. <laughs> it's almost like totally accurate battle simulator. With yeah. lem- with, but but then he mix it with lemmings. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's the weirdest looking thing, and it I don't know. It just. It, it caught my attention while we were while we were watching it. Super interesting, like 
bizarre sounding music on top of it too. It, a, a bunch of like um, user generated content too, which looks interesting. Yeah, it's also I, I think know. big notable thing here is it's from the developers of Res Infinite and Tetris Effect Connected, right? Huh. <laughs> which is yeah. both of those games are really good. <laughs> I, I do always like to see more overtly puzzle games on platforms. Yeah, I, I like how this looks. Uh, I think this is honestly, I don't know what the VR mode for this is supposed to actually look like. I think they, they showed it a couple of times. I imagine it's a third-person camera, but <laughs> it is yeah, just very I hope funny. So. That this would being be... built, as, built as like a PSVR thing. What what I loved about this is that it almost felt like it kept evolving on itself because at first like okay this looks like a lemming style puzzle game and then you could just arm everyone with weapons and yeah. they fight other people and then there's a giant floating sphere of humans going around it's like and a then near boss fight sudden, with Pikmin stuff going on and then all this and then like, all oh, of a sudden they, they yeah and then all of a sudden it turns out there's like you can make your own levels and there's like user generated co- it, like it kept building on itself and I was like when. When does this end? <laughs> this is crazy. <laughs> it kind of, it almost felt like um, after a while, like with all this stuff going on, user-generated content, it almost started to feel like dreams after a while. Yeah, yes. I get that. It was, yeah. it was so strange. It was super cool. <laughs> what happened to dreams? Is that still going on? Yeah, dreams is still still going strong. Uh, oh. I would like to see it ported, get a proper like PS5 treatment and PSVR support mm-hmm. would be nice. Or PSVR 2, because mm-hmm. it supports PSVR 1. Uh, but yeah, people are still doing stuff in Dreams, and there's a lot of really creative things in that platform. Uh, all right, moving on to Goodbye Volcano High finally showed up uh, again. Yeah. And finally. there's finally there's finally 3D yeah. graphics too, not 2D stuff. For, that for was anyone, an interesting switch. Yeah, and for anyone watching who doesn't know what this is, this was announced at the PS5 reveal. Yeah, and, <laughs> yeah. and also That's it was announced to be coming out relatively soon afterwards, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Which was a little odd, um, yeah. and it just didn't show up again. I I mean, this is pure speculation. This seems like, you know, branching narrative conversations and stuff that tends to add up after a while. Absolutely. And so I, yeah, I'm going to throw throw out there that that's probably why it's taken longer than maybe even the demo. Yeah, I, I wouldn't even say it's like a indicative of it being a game that had like development issues. I think it's just... Oh, no, no. Uh, the case of like this probably ballooned out. As someone who's designed narrative trees before, oh my god, it's it's such a yeah, really complex. Yeah. All right. Looks well, interesting though. Yeah, June fifteenth for a release date. Um, I'm curious about this because it, as of right now, it really hasn't sold me on what the cell is. Aside from these are just dinosaur high school. Well, I, I think life is strange, that, except everyone dies in the end. Well, uh, that's kind of what intrigued me about it was was that it's like it's a bunch of teenagers, but they all know that the world is going to end at like a specific time, and so it kind of seems like the the idea is like, what? How are these teenagers going to react to the fact that now everyone has a there's a there's an end date, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And how are a bunch of teenagers going to high school going to react? Which I think is kind of interesting. This is a weird sentence um, to say, but I hope the fact that there are, there are different dinosaur types matters in this dinosaur high school game. <laughs> I would hope they put that much effort. In. Uh, I hope that the characters' dinosaur species actually matters a little bit. And they do like cool things with that, which I don't know what those cool things would be. <laughs> yeah the the only the only thing was that 
they had very like human sounding voices coming out of these like humanoid dinosaurs and it was very weird uh, because it, you it, can't match the lip movements yeah cuz they have like, beaks <laughs> beaks yeah. yeah it just maybe that'll something that's something like if you play the game you get used to it but like it was very jarring watching it <laughs> um in that presentation i just got to ask you can you date in goodbye volcano high is that going to be a selling point of this game. I, Who knows? I hope is it, not. Is it care. problematic that you can date teenage dinosaurs? <laughs> 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 or is All right, let's move on. I don't know if let's that matters <laughs> right now. <laughs> Look, I can guarantee you the target audience for this game wants to date the dinosaurs. <laughs> Probably. Oh listen, no! Listen, the ones that are interested—you know—I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> final thing to say there. on it: I think it's also worth saying that we're not being mean because we're assholes. If we're being mean, we're, be- I don't, we're just not at a target audience for this game. It's also not audience. intended as a commentary on the developers. It's intended as a commentary on the people that want to date dinosaurs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also important to point out. We know you exist. It's only a matter of time before we find out Goodbye, where you are. Of I think your game looks neat. Maybe I'll yep. play it. <laughs> it's kind of where I, I think that's where I'm landing on Volcano High. Uh, all right, let's mm-hmm. let's talk about Naruto X Boruto Ultimate Ninja Storm connection. Oh yeah, that's a thing. I I completely forgot about to? that. <laughs> I so I actually want to defend this game a little bit because so this is a like collected version of all the prior Naruto Ninja Storm games, which are legitimately pretty solid, not as fighting games. Like these are not what I would call proper fighting games in terms of having a competitive scene, but they are really really good retellings of the story in video game format. It, to the point where I'd actually almost recommend playing them over watching Naruto if you're interested in, in some of the like story stuff. Oh, it's, sure it's there's probably no fight. filler in it. There's none. It's great. Uh, and especially the, the first two are like really cinematic when you're playing them because they, they cut into like these crazy huge boss battles. Yeah, I, I think they're overall legitimately very good games that punch way higher than they would for what they are. Uh, and what this is is a collection of all of those games kind of joining their mechanics and everything together to allow you to play through the whole thing in one area, as well as have, I believe they have stated they're doing some updated cutscenes and whatnot for the older games to bring them up to par with the newer stuff. So that way you have a consistent experience the whole time, uh, which is very cool. And I, they, these also have a really good aesthetic for being 2D converted to 3D, I think. It makes the conversion a lot more effortlessly than most other anime games do. Cell shading is pretty spot on, I feel, for, mm-hmm. for the style. And especially for these being much older. Like the, the last one of these games, like the most recent one, I think was in 2017. So as a franchise, it's been going mm-hmm. for a long time and has always looked pretty good. Yeah, I, I think that's going to be a, a pretty good thing, value proposition, because these are pretty hefty games as well. These aren't like fighting games with a relatively short story. They tend to have a really solid amount of content in your, your single-player modes. So I'd expect these to be pretty high on anyone's list, especially if they like Naruto or this type of fighting game and want to play something that has a lot of good single-player content. 
which is always a problem with fighting games. Yeah. All right. We're moving on from Naruto. Baldur's Gate 3 got shown off yes. again. And we have a release date. It's coming on August 31st. I uh, want to note here, there is an Xbox port in the works, but apparently there's been some tech stuff that has kind of made that a little bit more uncertain in terms of release date. The uh, mm-hmm. the rumbling rumor about that is that it's because they want to support split screen on all platforms, and because you need to have feature mm-hmm. parity with Series S and Series X, the rumor going around is that they just can't get it to work on Series S right now and need more time to optimize it in order to launch on mm-hmm. Xbox. Whether or not that's true, who knows, but at the same time, that's a, that's a really good explanation. So... Alex, I know I'm you're excited very for excited it. for Baldur's Gate 3. I, I am. I, I'm so excited to see the full story. And also, very good D&D game that I, I feel like I, I, my life has been lacking. Because it <laughs> yeah. actually shows the roles. Man, games with dice in them that hide the dice rolls <laughs> infuriate me. Because it's <laughs> such a cool like tactile animation that you could have. And they just don't do it. Show me the dice rolls. Uh, all right. The, the the way that I avoid that in Morrowind because it's essentially just Morrowind is chance like dice based combat that they don't show the rules of because you know two thousand two uh, game. Uh, the way I get around that is by wizard maxing and just not having the ability to miss. You know what? Good idea. Just constantly cast magic missile. <laughs> Never <laughs> anything else. Um, all right. After that, we saw Wayfinder. Which uh, is the game coming from Airship Syndicate, yeah. who made Dark Souls Genesis, uh, and one of the League of Legends spinoffs, I think it was the Ruined King. Yeah, the, they've made some good games in the past. Wayfinders, I think, visually looks very interesting. Uh, it's kind yeah. of, it reminds me a lot of Realm Royale and Spellbreak, if people remember those games. It it does remind me of, oh, I miss Spellbreak. That that was fun. It's a little less cartoony. I feel like like if, because because Spellbreak had had more of a, a tune shader vibe with like the the blackout. Yeah, this is more I would somewhat, say mixed between yeah. that and World of Warcraft's look, hmm. of, yeah. like the slightly exaggerated proportions and everything. It's like in the middle ground. Um, I don't feel like we were shown much. Like none of the systems really showed up. In yeah, that this story. is I mean, we've what seen I wanted them to talk before, about with this but... because we really haven't seen much of this game before. And what we saw before, the camera angle was a lot more top down mm-hmm. in terms of the trailer. Yeah. So I'm curious. I... Like I think this looks a lot more visually engaging than their last trailer, yeah, but it you're does with the action. It does confuse me a little bit. I'm not. I haven't really been keeping up with. Um, with this game at all, but when I was watching this trailer, I was I was I was thinking I was like, "There's no like, what's what's the gameplay hook here? Like, what's gonna make this stand out to me?" And I didn't really see anything that like that I can point to and be like, "Oh, that's cool!" Like that's something that kind of um, sets Wayfinder apart. Yeah. Right? It, it all looks. I think it, I think it's the dungeon fine. dives and boss fights. I feel like this is mostly the co-op action dynamic, dynamic yeah. is what they're going for. Uh, it looks mm-hmm. like you have some pretty defined party roles. Of I just in the trailer, there's a character that like slams a hammer down. There's a cool shield that comes up. So it yeah. seems like there's definitely some which, like class mechanics I mean, and fun stuff like that. Which also, I mean, you, you know, also, if they have loot. 
which I mean, hey, if they have like a good combat loop, I don't see that being an issue. Like you can have a game that maybe it doesn't <laughs> that doesn't, you know, um have anything particularly distinct, but as long as you pull it off well, I think, you know, I, I think it's less of an issue uh in general. So it and it could be that. I just I, I was looking at it, I was like, okay, this this is kind of especially this like specific art style, it's kind of blending into a lot of other things that, that I feel like I've seen in the past before. Yeah. Just and maybe it's maybe it's the kind of thing where like you you kind of understand it more as you play it and like it kind of reveals itself and it's kind of hard to show off in a trailer, but that was just something that was in the back of my head. Great. Now you mentioning this, Wyatt, and us talking about this game, I I do want to bring some some big red warning alarms <laughs> up. Oh boy. Because we're gonna <laughs> talk about this about it with Suicide Squad. This is I can't actually find if this game is meant to be free to play or not. I don't recall it them saying that it was meant to be free free to play, and I hope it isn't, but it could be. Um, it's being built as an MMO, but if you go to their website right now, one of the first pages they have, it is apparently okay. It is free to play. Uh, one of the big things being pushed online right now is early access and founders packs, which. As concepts, I don't hate, but the execution in most games that have them is very money grabbing and not great. Yeah, so yeah. it's a little bit concerning because um, this is a game that I, I hope is good and I hope lasts around because I, I do think it looks really fun to play. But the fact that it's launching into early access as a free to play game with founders packs is a trifecta of things that concern me. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people. So yeah, I, I do think that's the, the only big like warning alarm thing going on for me with that game. Uh, hopefully it's fine. Comes out in May. Or at least early access starts in May. And even, see, even this makes me more confused. It says season one of early access starts in May. So <laughs> I don't know what that means. Yeah. How many seasons yeah. of early access are there? I don't yeah. know if that's Kotaku wording the something weirdly, or it is actually called season one of early access, which is just a strange decision. Mm. All right, let's talk about Street Fighter Six. Oh, it looks so good. It looks. I don't know. I feel like the characters throughout the last couple of 3D iterations have become stylized in a different way where they all just seem more grotesque now. I agree with you for Street Fighter V. I think Six looks phenomenal. Yeah. <laughs> really? I really Man. like how Six looks. There's there's nobody nobody uh in six has gotten the 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 Ken eyebrow treatment where my guy just looks like he is just on speed twenty four seven and cannot be stopped. Well, nobody speaking nobody of, looks like they are insane so far unless I, the I, character is supposed to be a maniac. I don't know. Speaking of people who look like they're supposed to be insane, the main character, like the player character. I do not like the look of them at all. The main player? Who are you talking about? (laughs) There is a generic player character that you walk around the hub bits of the world in to fight people. 
that is your <laughs> fighter. That is not what people on the roster, and they look but ugly. You know, I I sure don't know enough about in a way. The not way... an interesting stylized way. Oh, it's because it's a character creator, Alex. <laughs> so yeah. that if he looks ugly, that's on you. <laughs> the generic version that they show looks heinous, though. <laughs> The character creator. It doesn't fill me with good prospects. Yeah, in a character creator, usually you'd want to make someone that looks good to show the game off. I have two words to <laughs> obliterate your argument: Dark Souls. Okay, <laughs> next point. I also if think there's a there's a distinct reason why there's a distinct reason why they don't show your single player character very often is probably because the people don't really care about it. <laughs> what i would yeah uh, it's because all it's gonna amount to is because i know in the hub you can like train and do mini games and stuff but at the end of the day it's just amounting to the same thing as your little like pixel avatar in, in guilty gear strive where it's just the in-between for the fights it doesn't really matter i don't think i don't even care about street fighter 6 why am i on the game side yeah I'll play fighting <laughs> i mean who, who cares i i think people who do play fighting games, are you on brett most people are, are pretty <laughs> excited for this i'm i'm decently looped into the fighting game community and i think the general outlook on this is very positive uh a big vote of confidence went through in that capcom's first like sponsored tournament for this has a uh one over one million dollar prize pool which oh is oh, insane. Oh, like, that, that's in that's a league of legends amount of money yeah geez so wow. yeah i i think Nintendo that's a really would good sue sign. someone for setting that up <laughs> it's yeah it's it, i mean this is like an official capcom tournament this isn't like a side tournament this is one that capcom is sponsoring so it's money coming directly out of capcom uh i think that's a really good use of this because it, it's gotten a ton of positive press uh yeah i, th I think the characters they showed look oh, really that's good. a way to promote your game zangief is a big beefy boy like he should be and his thighs jiggle <laughs> which yeah. is exactly my, what my, you want my my big russian man with the chest rug <laughs> and yeah, and the internet is exactly how you would expect about Cammy. So, yes, yeah, I think. it's the only thing that I've seen from the news. Yeah, because it's an I, oh, internet. I, you are, you I are miss, so predictable sometimes. I miss when she just used to wear fire hydrants on her arms. <laughs> yeah, you could you, probably. You would mention that. You would mention that when we were yeah, watching. That was one and of the as someone I loved who's, about her original character design, like someone who's never played. Uh, it's something that took my eyes off was, the leotard that I didn't I was, like looking I was at. Like, I was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Did she literally just have five? I'm so confused. It's just red gloves. It's just bulky red gloves. <laughs> oh, so so they don't look like fire. Okay, cool. No, oh, but they absolutely they look, do look like fire hydrants. Alex oh, is not okay, wrong okay. in terms of okay, calling okay. fire hydrants. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Resident Evil 4. We saw more footage of the Resident Evil 4 remake. I think this, again, looks very good. Uh, there's yeah. a a big hubbub about this and that a character so i haven't played original re4 i don't know much about it um a character i'm not going to say the name in case it is a big spoiler but a character who is dead at certain points of the story is shown in this trailer at points in the story where they would have been dead so apparently this remake might actually have like some significant changes mm, in story fine. which is really interesting uh i'm very curious to see what that looks like I, I, any other thoughts about RE4? I think it, we've talked. I think about it looks RE4 cool. I can't wait. I yeah. can't wait to kick Tiny Napoleon, boy. Great. I hope he's there. That means it's time to talk about the last like twenty minutes of this presentation, which was the Suicide Squad killed the Justice League portion of the show. 
and man, do I feel like a deflated balloon. <laughs> <laughs> Drifting in the wind. It's so sad. <laughs> this We've talked about this, the leak that came out a while back of the like trophy case character selection with like weapon and power levels was concerning. Uh, mm-hmm. This did not alleviate any of that concern. I... I I, see, before that showed up, Wyatt, before that showed up, you and I were reacting to the game fairly positively before we saw all the the light level things and that like that. We thought the movement looked pretty fun. The character's ability sets was was entertaining to see. King Shark looks like he was handled like a much better Hulk from the Avengers game. I I know a lot of people were complaining that they're they're very like floaty and there's and there's a lot of like verticality and they, they, they. they felt Who like it was kind of about verticality. Hold on, hold on, let me finish. Let me Wrong finish. People. Let me... No, Wyatt's got a point. What <laughs> I, I know where you're going is a point. And that it doesn't really fit these characters that well. I think with this interpretation of the characters and the way that kind of the way that gameplay looked, I'm willing to accept it because I've accepted a long time ago that <sighs> there's so many different versions of a comic book character that like it kind of brings up this discussion of like what is like a true like version of a comic book character when it's been adapted so many different times by so many different people um and so so to me that doesn't it doesn't bother me that much i actually liked the gameplay but i understand where a lot of people are coming from with that argument it's everything else that i have a problem with yeah and I, I want to give Rocksteady the benefit of the doubt because I feel like, at least starting with Batman, they've had probably, like, to be fair, they've only made three games, but they've all been so consistently high quality that I want to give them the benefit of the doubt. And I also, this and this is just pure copium working right now, but this game has been in development for a while, and so part of me is like, maybe they're they're kind of listening to what how other people are reacting to live service games and kind of modeling their live service model around it i'm not saying that's what they're doing that's what i'm hoping for this did not help that at all (laughs) Um, they're, they're a good studio they they make really really good games they've done it for a while so i just i I have hope, even though I probably shouldn't, because everything here was redder than the the flags here were redder than Harley's jacket. It just it it it, it did not instill a lot of confidence. Yeah. All right. I'm gonna I'm gonna come out swinging, Wyatt, and crush your hope a little bit. Okay. <laughs> not actually, but I I do want to kind of I don't I don't want to call it devil's advocate because I think this is actually the popular opinion right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am on the fence about this game looking at least from outer perspective worse than Avengers. Wow. Because at least with Avengers, all of the characters had unique movement Mm. and moved in ways that behooved what the character was. And look, I I don't, I have to vehemently disagree in terms of Iron Man and Hulk for that, for Avengers. I mean, they had unique movement. They had their own unique movement systems. Whether or not they're good doesn't matter, but they at least had them. Um, mm. I think with this, I'm I'm super unconvinced in that this is a great setup for having unique classes. I have a feeling these are going to feel like four different 
Dark Tide style classes and not separate characters, which would be fine mm-hmm. if this was that kind of game. But the expectation from Rocksteady is not that. So I'm very concerned about what this is going to look like, and I don't want to play King Shark with a, an assault rifle. Like I don't. <laughs> That doesn't seem fun to me, and I the, know they're going to need me to do it. The moment that the assault rifle that I have equipped and its power level determines how much damage I do with King Shark's abilities makes me infuriated. <laughs> yeah. To be to be clear, I thought the moment-to-moment gameplay and the traversal was cool. A lot of the loot stuff that you're talking about, I also have an issue with. It was very weird to see King Shark hold this little... Assault rifle. It just it doesn't <laughs> look like a good idea, and so I have to question: like, w- at what point in the development of this game was that decided on? Like, when was it decided that King Shark and everyone else had to use the same weapons, and that we couldn't have unique things? Was it like a scope decision? Is it a marketing thing? Is it some they want your weapon skins to be usable on all your different characters so they can maximize the amount of money they're getting? Mm thing like i want to know the reasoning behind these because i think it's going to tell a lot about the game uh and as of right now i am not very confident yeah no i this this deflated a lot of my excitement and the fact that this is on my fantasy uh uh (laughs) critic thing right now is uh making me sweat a little bit because atomic heart did not do well for my overall score (laughs) So you know, off <laughs> to a that. off to a, off to a rough start. Um, Look, we were all pretty warm on the top of heart. Yeah, um, but ah, man, yeah, I don't know. I I was really disappointed to see all of the the live service staples. You know, there was nothing like. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Halo Infinite has a good live service model because it doesn't. But at least it has the interesting. It has the cool idea of, like, once you buy a Battle Pass, it's there to stay. It doesn't leave. You know? You can switch back to old ones, whatever you want. At the very least, that's like, oh, that's an interesting kind of take for for a live service game. Or maybe the way that Modern Warfare 2 does um, uh, Battle Passes is kind of interesting. This just seems like bog-standard, copy-paste, you know, live service stuff. Yeah. They also talk directly about they are launching with a cosmetic only battle pass which see i'm i'm torn on battle passes because i i don't hate it as a thing in stuff that's free to play or in stuff where it's like you actually would want to keep continue having progression with it that's that requires that the base progression is good enough to warrant the battle pass being new development right and not stuff that was carved out of the base game and yeah, very it's little that I've seen of this is it is encouraging to me that it is not that. Yeah, you cannot design because <laughs> I'm assuming they have not said anything about this is free to play, right? I'm assuming this is going to be full priced. You cannot design battle passes the same way between free to play games and paid games. Yeah. It just it, it doesn't fly when you start charging like you know upfront for your entire game. It just I don't understand. Ah, that's that's so frustrating. Like again, I've always said, if you if you want a game that you pay up front for and you want a battle pass, the best way to do it, just play Deep Rock Galactic and you'll know how to do it properly. But I'm also like 
doesn't it feel weird that we're talking about Deep Rock Galactic and Suicide Squad in the same sentence? Yeah. Like that's just wrong. Yeah. It's because very weird. When I imagine like what I love about the Arkham games, and then I imagine will I would I want to play these games every day for weeks to months? The answer is no. Like I would not do that, and I don't think anyone would. Um, it just isn't. Yeah. Those games are great because they are controlled set piece games that take you through a story that is really fun to play. To the point where, like, I replay those games relatively frequently now. That like every couple of years, I'll play one of them again, and they they feel fresh again because I, I'm not stuck in that rut of having to continue to grind out things or something like that. And I feel like this is just yeah. going to kill any enjoyment people would have of this game in the long term by turning it into a monetization wheel. Can we also talk about how it was very confusing whether Gotham Knights was part of the Arkham like universe that Rockstar made? This is, which I have yeah. so, so huh. many questions on how that works. Because <laughs> yeah. if they had said that it wasn't, I, it, I I wouldn't bat an eye because it really doesn't feel like the same thing. It's It's... So weird. It's also <laughs> weird because I think that. what they showed of the story there legitimately had some potential of it being like super dark <laughs> in that like lasso of truth on Flash and Flash is like you have to kill us. There's no other way. So that gives yeah. me some hope and, that this will actually go in pretty cool places. And Rocksteady has proved that they can do stories fairly well. Not a hot, like I, I feel like their stories is probably one of the weaker parts, but they're never bad. I think they always have some good parts to them. So. Uh, yeah, know, absolutely. It could, it could it could shine at a story that that's uh, you know that that could be pretty good. But how are they going to handle story in a structure like this? I just I don't know. When yeah. I mean, Brett already said this. When are we going to stop putting superhero games in live service looter shooters? Well, it just is. It's how such a we not... weird thing. Like, why is this what yeah. people jump to? Because I I think also I only said this in in a chat discussion. I don't think we ever really talked about this on recording before unless i'm wrong so it, it's what, what what the conversation turned into briefly uh was why is the genre in parentheses aside from insomniac spider-man because that's an exception to every rule because it's mm-hmm. just really good mm-hmm. uh well, why is every superhero game now being a looter shooter because i don't like is midnight the, suns a looter shooter well, no, that's by far the exception, right? It's the exception. Yeah, the- an- another yeah. exception, and nobody's playing it, <laughs> and it's uh, really good. Which is, which is- yeah, uh, which hey, maybe that's your answer right there. I, I guess it's it, that's the thing. It's easily marketable, but like I don't, I'm not, I'm not a superhero like Marvel mega fan or something. But like even like the biggest stretch you can make. To, to have a superhero looter shooter that hasn't been done yet uh, is, in my opinion, Iron Man, because he's, like, famous for having so many different suits that he could just switch mm-hmm. between. There's a yeah, like, the character that actually might fit it. <laughs> exactly. Than... Uh, Iron Man game has not been made. It's been in development by, by I think, EA for, like, Eternity. feels like oh, so, so they're going to ruin it. Never coming out when it does. Probably going to be absolute garbage, but... Uh, I, like every At least we have Spider-Man and Wolverine coming. <laughs> yeah, That's right, yeah, Wolverine. Yeah, both both and Insomniac. Right? Insomniac's yep. the only per- people allowed to uh, make non-looter superhero, superhero games. games. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna throw this out here too. 
I completely agree that I don't I don't understand why most superhero games are looter shooters. It doesn't make any sense. That being said, if there was any comic book series to make a looter shooter, I would almost argue that Suicide Squad kind of makes sense because the original idea is not that they're, you know, killing the Justice League or they're killing giant starfish or or weird uh ancient witches or whatever it was they're doing missions for the government right to to decrease their sentence that's kind of to me that's kind of got your you know your looter shooter loop right there but that's not the kind of story that they're telling they want to tell something that involves more superheroes they want to it seems like they want to do something that's a bit more emotional so it's just not the right structure yeah but you can have a suicide squad game in a in a looter shooter kind of context that makes sense it's just not the route that they went down at all with any of the other aspects it's i i just still bizarre. like like okay you're you're playing captain boomerang <laughs> oh i gotta kill 50 guys to get enough scrap to build my next level of boomerang what the hell are you talking about no that's <laughs> how nothing works that's not how a single superhero works that's so stupid uh, actually sense. actually brett you go and get uh, 50 pieces of scrap to build your next level of boomerang. I'm a boomerang, of course. <laughs> yeah, but then you're not going to use so your boomerang because you're going to be shooting people with an assault rifle the whole time instead. <laughs> it, just doesn't, it doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I don't know. Uh, I think. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not going to play the game crunked. anyway. But this yeah, is like a crunked game. This makes it's me really, really sad. And I was know. really excited at the idea of a Speed Force boomerang. And oh. it's like, how? when did Avengers come out again? Was it? 2019 as far as i'm concerned it didn't doesn't exist who cares or something like right you have had so much time to read the room and be like listen this well at the same time this game has gotten working. delayed a whole bunch behind the scenes right mm-hmm. like it's been pushed back a lot so i expect this was Still. ideated around when looter shooters were very in style to, right, but, to but again to those of us on the outside that we're not there for okay these ideas are put in place even though it's been like five years or whatever we can't undo all of them even mm-hmm. though some of them might be bad now to everyone who's going to be purchasing the game that doesn't matter this game came out and and it sucks and it's doing things wrong that something that came out in 2019 or whatever also did wrong so this might be viewed again hypothetical scenario if it does things as badly as we seem to think they could possibly unfortunately go People could probably see this as, as as even worse because now it's repeating bad mistakes instead of doing them I, for the first time. I was gonna say it's, some yeah. some studios, very few, but some studios can learn from their mistakes. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people buying the games definitely do. I hope. <laughs> you know what? The, you know what this is reminding me of. I'm not gonna say that this is gonna be on the same level as as this, but this reminds me of when Anthem came out because yeah, absolutely, when Anthem came out. Really? Before Anthem came out, people were like, "All right, looter shooters." I've this is going to be the Destiny Killer. Well, well no, yes. no, because because yes. <laughs> there's that, but also at this time, people kind of looter shooters were much more of a thing, and mm. I, I feel like the the industry and even Destiny itself had learned a lot from the mistakes that Destiny One had originally made, which kind of yeah. really started this whole genre anthem comes out it was completely developed in a bubble and they learned absolutely nothing because they weren't allowed to if you remember in that in that big expose they weren't allowed to reference destiny they weren't allowed to bring it up at all in any context which is bizarre because like destiny fixed its own problems 
Once yeah. of the expansion, so, so it's it just was, strange. Like they're taking reference was, from the base version that was far worse. Yeah, it was like four or five years worth of of maturing for this genre, and then you go back to Anthem, it feels like you know Destiny all the way back in 2016 or whatever it was. Like it just it, it felt so bizarre and out of step with everything. I I'm it's beginning to feel like that here, where it's like okay, now we're just going to get another looter shooter that hasn't learned any lessons that the other failed or successful looter shooters have learned over the years. Except I'm here, not saying it's, it's going also to be that, carrying it feels like it. the legacy of the Arkham games behind it, which is with a, put expectations with a really, on it that it probably shouldn't have. Yeah, and even yeah. if this was originally made during like the big looter shooter boom, it's still not a good idea. It's still it's still two things that don't go well together. Even during a even during that time when this game was first conceived, I would have been I just it would have been not like if that's how they had pitched this game originally when they first announced it, still no one would have been behind it in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Let's let's talk about some fun stuff instead. <laughs> some, some more enjoyable things. What do we got? <laughs> So I'm going to ask some people some questions because we got some some questions that we've been left in our topics chat for a long time, where we debate what should be the upcoming topics for the podcast. Mm-hmm. Some of them are, are just, you know, maybe not a whole episode's worth of talk, but we can get some fun stuff out of them. So, what I want to start out with, since this is, I think, on the mind with Last of Us coming out, is game adaptations. Wyatt. You have been a champion. That game adaptations have actually been good for a pretty good long while at this point. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. What, what's your what's your, what's, your under over? what's what's good about game adaptations right now? What, what do you think is the thing that people keep getting stuck on I, for saying that game adaptations can't succeed? To be honest with you, I don't fully understand. I don't know how to answer that question because I feel like there have been so many recent examples. Right. Like it's it's so it's so interesting. Like Arcane came out. I'll get to you. (laughs) (laughs) Arcane came out. Everyone talks, talks about and loves Arcane. It's a great show. It's it's probably one of the best new shows I've seen in a really, really long time. Um, And so people, you know, they'll point towards that. They'll point towards The Last of Us, which is which has been received very, very well. I've been enjoying it quite a bit. Um, Yeah, I've only seen seen the first couple of episodes, but it's very good. I think. It's I fantastic. Think one of the secrets is to not let Netflix touch the adaptation. But Arcane <laughs> you say that and, 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 and Castlevania. That's three. It's kind of three for three right there. Netflix. Oh well, in I mean, terms we're, we're going to toss Dragon's Dogma in the dog water, but <laughs> I, I don't want to talk. As long as long as it stays to two or below seasons, it's good. With the exception, but Castlevania, Castlevania is more. <laughs> I said, with the exception of Castlevania, they ruined the fourth season because Netflix has dog shit priorities on how they renew shows (laughs) and the types of and the the types of people that they hire to write things with so many times, like not just for the game adaptations, but just hiring people that have outwardly hated the source material for things. Mm. I think and and I think partially. I think partially why they've gotten so good as well is because you have a lot of writers that double as both TV writers and video game writers. And so I feel like more than anything, they have a really good understanding of how to adapt something. Um, 
And I think they're also picking the right properties to do it with. Like, specifically with Castlevania. If you know anything about Castlevania The Games, it's not... It's a very faithful adaptation in a lot of ways, but it's also not because they cherry pick a lot of different things from a lot of different Castlevania it's games. Castlevania is not a super different narrative heavy franchise, so you have a lot of options. Some of them are. It, it, it kind of depends on the Castlevania game you play because some of them are. Yeah, but some they're not like. Aren't. It's not like trying to adapt, say, Cyberpunk, even though Cyberpunk is a good adaptation. You are mm-hmm. not tethered to the exact method of storytelling. Yeah. Which I, yeah. I think is just a really beneficial thing. And I think it's also why, like, for Cyberpunk, you wanted to go for a story that isn't the same as the game. Because if you did, you would be very restricted in how you could present that. Exactly. And and like I said, I think in, in Last of Us case, right, you have Neil Druckmann, who's a very good writer, um, director for director and writer for both 1 and 2, although he co-wrote the second game. <laughs> You have him as a showrunner. He's probably very heavily involved in the writer's room. He he knows what he's doing in that kind of environment. He can he can kind of take what he had and adapt it very, very well. So I think now we just have the right people for, for the job, whereas we didn't back in, you know, early 2000s, 90s, you know, uh, what have you. Um, but it's yeah. it's interesting. I, I wonder how much of that was an attitude change of seeing video games as more legitimate media than in the past of well, the game and, writers and video be game, trusted to run a TV show in the past. Yeah, well, I, and, and just video game narrative and writing in general has gotten so much better, um, you know, For since sure. since the early 2000s. But um, yeah, it's interesting. I always get frustrated. There's right. a great video by by chris duckman if you haven't seen it about oh, the, yeah, the, yeah. the video game adaptation curse and how that doesn't really apply anymore but people are still saying it well why it, watch it it's great why does uncharted exist uh, <laughs> well that that falls the game or the I adaptation when i when i raised yeah, you raised hand, your hand uh, i the the stigma i think exists and persists because for so long and still today i don't like I don't have they have they made a good video game movie yet? I don't uh, think they've I think made the last a Mortal good, Kombat good... one was received okay, but that's also a super weird sentence it's to a say. Mortal Kombat movie. People, people love the nineties Mortal Kombat movie. I don't know why, because it's garbage. <laughs> it's, but people love it's, it. it's fun to watch because it's stupid. But I think that's Maybe that's Detective why Pikachu the... was pretty well received. Uh, yeah, I, never I guess it's like a, it's that that's the thing is is like I think for, it was very for, cute. I don't know if it was very good for the longest I, I time. Enjoyed it. For the longest time, uh, and still depending on how stingy you are, we'll say, uh, video game movie adaptations have not really hit their stride. And like, for you have you have Detective Pikachu. And then on the other side, you have the Resident Evils, the Monster oh, Hunter yeah. movie. Oh my but god! All yeah. these horrible, Uncharted, all these horrible live-action adaptations that just like any like small positives that could come out from Mortal Kombat and Pikachu are just outweighed by just and I think bludge. If you can point towards one person uh, for for the current stigma, or I guess the. <laughs> What was the current stigma? I don't know if anyone here has heard of Uwe Boll before. Yes, famous no. man. Enlighten famous me. tax evader. Famous oh. German. This is a joke. 
Uh, famous, yeah, uh, allegedly. <laughs> Let's just say that, just to whatever. Um, he's a a German filmmaker, and for you audio listeners, I am putting the biggest quotations there possible. This is also a joke. <laughs> <laughs> um, he oh he has made many, many, many video game adaptations. There have been many accusations. I am not making these accusations myself. I am simply saying that there have been many accusations that these films were made very quickly and very cheaply for unique German tax loopholes or filmmaking loopholes. And that is it. Um, I'm Which not saying know, that myself. Also, that's very saying... funny. <laughs> is yes, it is very funny. <laughs> Let's, but, but let, let me run down the list of video game movies that he has made. Let me get a list of them here. He has made, it's like two or three different Blood Rain movies, which was a, a video game yeah, yep. series that's not super prevalent anymore. Um, very popular. He's back also in very popular back in the day. He's also done Far Cry. He's also done there was a House Far of the Cry movie? Uh huh. He's also done House of the Dead, Alone in the Dark. Um, oh, God. Was there one more? I don't remember. Um, House of the what Dead. What I'm saying is. Think of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Rampage, like a bunch of video game adaptations that are all just the worst. Mm -hmm. Just the worst garbage. And he has made so many of these. It's it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Like I'm talking about the kind of movie where there's like a there's like a, a a shot that's that's kind of dollying backwards as a bunch of characters are walking forward and you can see the track that the dolly is on in the shot. Yeah. It takes really up funny. like this much of the screen. They oh are God. next level terrible. Mm -hmm. And I I kind of blame this man because now it's seen as super cheap, just like disposable garbage. And I think that's part of the reason. And then I think part of the reason that they're so good now is that we have like I don't want to say real filmmakers. I'm alternative filmmakers <laughs> making <laughs> movies that I would argue have creative value. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, and I think the other thing I've always said this video game adaptations, especially ones that are very narrative heavy, just work better as TV shows because yep. video games are allowed to be very, very long, which means they can pack in a ton of character development, a ton of story mm -hmm. development. There's a lot going on and you cannot condense that down to an hour and a half, two hour movie. You just can't. Not so I think good. we've Right. Uh, and that's why and that's why we've learned our lesson. Things are TV shows now. All of the best adaptations are TV shows now because it just works better. And I think also something to go along with that is like, you know, it, who who wants to see like crummy CGI of your favorite action RPG character doing a bunch of backflips <laughs> and, and firing a bunch of guns while like just anime? You can do that yourself. It's just you can do that yourself. <laughs> I wish. But oh, I, no, I, well, I, you can do that yourself in the game. <laughs> oh well, yeah, that that too. First, firstly, that too. But we're 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 past that argument. We're at a different we're at a different thing that does not deal with should they be made in the first place. Uh, but I, I like depending on what game you're adapting. Like, I, I I wouldn't like I already Castlevania is on my list, but it wouldn't be if it was live action because why would you do that? Like something like The Last of Us works as live action because it's already grounded 
and they were willing to put in the effort with practical and special really really solid the, practical yeah, effects practical yeah. effects too they, they make Fantastic. the things that are heightened reality actually work but like i don't know if like at that like a ton of work to make a, a live action cyberpunk thing like you you would need yeah. the budget do animation <laughs> Exactly. Do yep. do animation. Uh, it makes it easier for heightened reality to occur, which is what video games mostly are. I can't you even know imagine. Something that makes me sad with with filmmaking and TV shows and things. The reason why they're they're so laden with seemingly unnecessary CGI, mm-hmm. especially for like, let's say, if you have an animal, that's normal. Or dog or chihuahua doing normal dog or ch- dog or chihuahua things. I count those two as separate things because chihuahua was yeah, chihuahuas don't demons. count as dogs. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, but anyway, but but like, you'll but the they'll instead you will be holding a green hacky sack or a green torso that vaguely resembles the torso of an animal. Uh, that will be green screened over to hell and back because it's cheaper to abuse the CGI workers than it is to work with the animal handlers who have a union. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And well, I can't even I imagine, love the industry. I can't even imagine how well Arcane would go over live action TV show. Oh. Like, no, like without the like without the animation. Oh God. <laughs> this would be the same. All right. Well, I'm going to pull up another question for us to talk about for a second, because I think we've got some some gold in the, in the deep mines of topic suggestions here. <laughs> so I'm pulling Does it out. Need to be put into Molly? Are we taking it out? <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, Rock and Stone. Oh. Rock and Stone. Um, Why? And I thought of all people, you'd be behind me. On. <laughs> all right, you got to let me get through a question first before we go off the rails. We have to have a topic to go off the rails about before I can let us go off the rails. Oh, all right. Brett, a while back, you had asked, what are some of our favorite subsystems or smaller systems that we think are neat in a game? And so I'm going to ask everyone to think about some, some little interactions of things that they think are neat that just don't really get a lot of attention in other places. And I'm going to give a shout out to the environment artists on games when they put little things on the ground that you step on and they squish. Mm. And they it's squish. a very simple thing. Like when grass, you step on the grass and it flattens and it stays flattened for a little while. Just the little things that end up looking so good, but you don't think about what a, until you look for them. What about what about rocks or loose rubble that you can kick around or slide on? Oh, and they the shift. physics ball in Destiny Two that you kick mm. and it flies oh around. God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, snow that you walk through and it depresses, or you, you can walk through yeah. multiple times and and it gets lower and lower until you can see the ground underneath. That's fun. For sure. Uh, I always, I always, it, while we're talking about like sort of the smaller granular details. If I'm playing a first-person shooter and it's above a certain budget, I want to be able to see my legs when I look down. <laughs> it's such a small thing. Yeah, but I, want to I need to be able to. See if it isn't an indie boomer shooter, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Actually, and you know, even with indie boomer shooters, I think one of the things that is an absolute mark of not just quality but like heart that's been put into a game. How funny are some of the custom reloads? Oh yeah, I was going to bring that up. I awesome cool reloads and guns needs to come back because i feel like we don't get those nearly as much as we used to 
Yeah. In the air, crack open that double barrel, swing it up and catch him. <laughs> yeah. I I think uh just just in general for 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 both of those, uh Dusk by New Blood does Absolutely. a really good job. Absolutely. Reloading and and these first person platformy perspective things or whatever they've been they've been around for as long as 3d games have and a little bit before even so it, there's no reload button in dusk you just you just flip your guns your guns don't ever <laughs> reload they just shoot until they run out of ammo and you just the reload button the r key is just for spinning your guns and you know when you don't have a gun that is normally spinnable they just spin in a different direction that you would not be able to spin them and it's really funny and you could even you don't see your feet when you look down uh, but you can even spin yourself because when you jump in dusk there is no uh like limit to how far up or down you can look so when you jump you could just do backflip <laughs> wait, 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 wait there's no like you can't just you can't you don't stop at looking straight up yeah, as long as you're jumping. If you're midair and dusk, uh, you can just keep backflipping. It's really oh, that's cool. It's really solid. It's so funny. <laughs> there's no benefit to these things. Yes, there is. They're for Player fun. fun. Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There's no like like numerical robotic benefit. Um, yeah. yeah, it's just there to make uh, you a little bit more immersed. Exactly. I also love doing backflips. Uh, I also love when. Um, oh, we still need know... to practice backflips for the podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. I also love when uh, when you're playing a game and you fall down from a from a really tall height. There's a little button you can press, usually a crouch button, where you can roll and negate a lot of the fall damage. Mm-hmm. It's a little thing, but it looks so cool. And even if I'm playing a game where it doesn't have it, if I jump down and the game has like a roll button, I'm still going to do it anyway, even if it doesn't do anything, because it looks cool. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to go hard other direction in terms of the rolls, mm-hmm. but uh, in games that might also have dodge rolling... Is the the people that whoever does the animation for when a weapon gets stuck in something and then you do like a finishing move, but it's seamlessly part of your combo and then it just like drops. Oh, mm. you know what I'm talking about when you when you hit something and you because you killed it, your normal animation gets a little bit fancy and then it ends, mm-hmm. but in like the same timing so that you can continue yeah, your yeah. combo. Yeah. Like inbuilt glory kills is maybe a way to put it. Love it's that. so unnecessary, but but it is it is greatly appreciated every time I see it. Yeah, it looks really good. I I think Witcher Three had those on like the last enemy of an encounter. You would always do like a little finisher move, which was very fun. Mm-hmm. Just little also, touches like that. In in a similar vein, I love when uh, in something like a first person shooter or a third person shooter, you get a headshot kill, makes a slightly different sound. My favorite one, weirdly enough, will always be Halo Five. When you get a headshot kill, it just goes. Yeah, and it's great, it's yeah. fantastic. <laughs> you know they uh, with the thing they brought over. There is a mod that you can equip uh, on guns, where when you get you get a headshot kill, it's the grunt birthday party. Confetti. Oh, that's yeah, great. Every game, every game that has a gun that is able to be shot needs to have Grunt Birthday mm. Party. Speaking of which, uh, skulls and other just like fun in game like modifiers Extra ways to ramp the difficulty up. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys remember cheat game... codes? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I think the last game that I used that I played, sorry, that had like the, I think they were specifically called cheat codes was uh, Doom Eternal. Had really fun ones where yeah. you have like. Like infinite ammo, bottomless clip, all this, all these fun little 
uh, modifiers. So but the, even uh, the ones that don't the affect Lego games play. have great ones, including mm, the new yeah. Lego Star Wars yeah. has tons of yeah. unlockable cheat code style things, like including big galaxy wide party mode, which is really funny. Just neat little <laughs> things. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I'm going to pull up some other things here because I have a Brett, you've left us some good ones in the annals of the history that wouldn't fit full episodes, but are great as little no. questions. And so I I'm going to ask them. you to enter into my hell zone with be- the best game that you've played that has a one word title. Fingers crossed for witch fire. <laughs> nah, it's two words. It might be a combined it's, it's word. One word. It's, it's not even hyphenated. Yeah, it, might, it might be combined words, but that's two words. <laughs> I've played. Dusk might be up there. Title. Dusk is up there. I mean, if um, anyone if anyone knows me, everyone knows what Midens are. <laughs> what what is it? It's Hades. Immortals Phoenix Rising. But said is one word. <laughs> yeah, but like, what, it, why is it even called Hades? Okay, because Hades is not what you're playing. You're playing a Zagreus. So why is it's it called the world Hades? Because it's no, what you're trying confu- to escape. It's not. Nah, nah. I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. Hades is a bad uh-huh. name. Um, Dusk is a bad name because it doesn't tell me about the oh, fact that I'm shooting two guns. You're talking about you're talking about a game that uses the one word title well, not just like okay, that makes way more sense. I, I actually do kind of not remember discussion. what the context of this question. The was. context <laughs> of this question it's it so right. far back, Brett. <laughs> This was I you had sent like okay. a string of like five different things one after another within like yeah. ten minutes. <laughs> it, it must have been a very productive like shower or something usually, that I had just before. Something. Usually at like two or three a.m. <laughs> and it also fits. But yep, yep. I I think for for both, I'm gonna hit you with a double whammy, and I'm gonna I I think that uh yeah, it's not a real word um, but Xenogears is a really good game that has a a one word title and a really good one word title for the game Xenogears because the gears are the giant robots which they're called gears multiple times throughout the game and you will be using them for at least 25% of the fights in the game and they're very important to the story and uh, you know relating to to uh, race and and genetics of humanity is also an extremely important part of the story. And if it was called something else, it would probably be called like if it had to be renamed something in order to like sell more in the West, it'd probably be something really stupid and it would not fit at all. <laughs> Even if they thought it would market it better, it would probably be really cheesy and dumb. Yeah, well, I mean, got, I can't I've tell you my... the best game with a one word name. That's that's got to be Diablo. So. <laughs> I can't remember the last disclaimer, game disclaimer, with one with a one word title that I've set that I've played. Uncharted. I, yeah, Uncharted is probably <laughs> I, a pretty I good one. one. I kept forgetting. Though actually, in Uncharted don't one, count you're basically always oh. going somewhere that someone else has already charted. So yeah. <laughs> so I, I have actually in actually in all of them except for two and three, you visit places that have been in fact charted, <laughs> like Alive. civilized before, like had civilizations in them. So I have one that because we've talked about this briefly, and I mentioned this game, and even Ryan was like, "Okay, yeah, no, that's a good one." So I'm going to bring it up again. Journey. Yeah, no, I can't. Perfectly, perfectly 
I, I think Journey <laughs> is probably the only game where it would have actively been worse for it to have had more than a one-word title. Agreed. <laughs> Maybe yeah. Flower Agreed. as well. I think Flower also. Because <laughs> it also really the doesn't game is need so more like, words. The game oh. is so streamlined and like simple in it in its own way, which is why a yeah. simple title just works so well. Uh, well, stray. among many other reasons. No, stray. stray. I could do with a different name for Stray. <laughs> really? This is just, this is just really? us trying what to would you, Ryan. What would you yeah. prefer? What would you prefer for Stray? I don't know what I would prefer for Stray, but I, I think Stray is just too generic of a name for Stray. Okay. So you know so what's a good this... one-word name is Sifu. Sifu <laughs> is a good seafood? one-word name. Seafood. <laughs> no, it's not because you can confuse it with seafood, and that's not the name of the game. <laughs> I would argue that that's a that's a positive, not a negative. Let, let me throw one out there for you, because this is basically just turning into trying to please Ryan uh, with these one words. That's the uh, entire Castlevania. thing. This question was. Ca- Castlevania. But what's what is Vania? What's that even mean? Oh God! It's a, play- <laughs> a playoff Transylvania. Yeah. Yeah, but you cut uh, the rest of the word. It's, you just put castle in front of it. Like that's okay. not even okay. It's creative. <laughs> Riddle me this, Ryan. Metroid. And it's unique. Yeah, but Metroid is a name of a creature that you're constantly fighting against. That... Oh, yeah. Metro- Metroid yeah. can't crash. So it fits Metroid a, has to so roll up into a, a ball. Yeah, you, How can you play as Metroid in the suit and you fight against all the little Samuses. <laughs> They're running around. <laughs> Here's one. Maybe, maybe um, I haven't played the game recently, so maybe this has changed things. Here's one that I've never understood <laughs> Destiny. I was just about to make yeah, a joke. Yeah, no, Destiny, I absolutely one. don't get. <laughs> I don't know what Destiny's name is supposed to be on about. <laughs> uh, because because it was teased in Halo 3 uh, in a billboard in some level that said, your destiny awaits. That's yeah, stupid. Yes, <laughs> no, no, yeah, it was ODST, yeah. yeah. That's very... Yeah. <laughs> you know, Destiny, it's hard to say because I don't know what else I would have named it, but I wouldn't have called it Destiny. <laughs> Because I'm just uh, too generic. Too... In, in, another, in another world, it would probably be called Geometry Dash. Honestly, you know what I think would have been a cool name? is like The Last City or something. That's a cool name. Call it The Last City. But, there already something but, else see, called The except, Last City. There is definitely for, something called The Last City. <laughs> literally no gameplay happens in The Last City with the exception of one end game or you, one end of season quest during uh, if, the, the third year of its time right before beyond light if you uh if you want a title that will both be kind of more about what the game's about and also piss off ryan just call it guardians <laughs> i was actually mm. gonna say that <laughs> legitimately i think guardian would have been wow. a, even a better name just call it guardian and you get mm. guardian 2 imagine playing guardian the taken king that's pretty fun yeah guardian i once you put the s on it then it gets too close to legends and anytime it's there's like the the suffix of legends and it also makes you think of halo 5 guardians (laughs) yeah even the the barest association of that is a problem so i was you know what i was gonna say halo but it technically doesn't count because there's no halo game that's just halo it's kind of evolved Oh, yeah. yeah, you see, Halo knew what was going on, and I would argue that Destiny, as soon as you add the subtitle of an expansion, uh, me, gets me, so much better. Ryan, I'm going to have to correct you. Microsoft knew what was going on, because it was Microsoft that that put the uh, comment Well, they, they knew what was going in. They, they knew <laughs> what to do, because Destiny, as soon as you say Destiny the Taken King, I am so much more interested. That name is so much better as a unit than just Destiny. So Bloodborne doesn't count, right? Because that's still two words, even if it's hyphenated. 
It's not. It it is. It's one word, Ryan. Right? Yeah, Bloodborne. Bloodborne is not. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just being an asshole. I'm just intentionally trying to make it difficult. It's so. It's so hard for me to tell. I can't pick up on social cues. It, it doesn't help that I, I don't have a camera right now. <laughs> you can't see the mischievous grin on my face. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Bloodborne's a bad name. Moving on. <laughs> You are born from blood, Ryan. I don't know what to tell you. You know what? I think we, we got time for one more here, and so I'm going to ask all of you, what's a, a good feel-good game? Something that you go to when you just want to hang out and play something fun for a little while. I've already talked about so, mine, so I'll, I'll just I'll get it out of the way. Spider-Man on PS4 <laughs> is just such an easy game to pick up and play, yeah. and everything, everything just feels right. And it the game just flies by. It's probably like fifteen twenty hours long. The whole thing flies by. It's it's just, mm, oh, it's great. It's a good answer. I like that answer. I I don't know about feel good. Uh, based on how we all felt after playing playing the game, I'm pretty sure a lot of a, a lot of us hurt either in the face or the gut area <laughs> from laughing so much. But <laughs> Gang Beasts, that's, yeah, that's, that's good. That's good fun. pain. That was, that was it's a game where thing. you feel good and then you feel like garbage afterwards for laughing. You so you much. laugh so much you get a you, you laugh so much you get a headache like Wyatt and I did. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I'm gonna just throw it out there. I think I don't want to name one game because like a lot of games fit into this do really well. Uh, which is just grinding games that handle grinding well, specifically stuff like Monster Hunter and like Warframe, Destiny. I think stuff like mm-hmm. that when you're just in the mood to play a game and not care about what's going on. And I think this honestly like answered that question earlier about like why looter shooters are a thing. It's because there is legitimately like a, a good market there. But at the same yeah. time, at this point, I'm not going to play a new looter shooter. I'm going to continue playing destiny or continue playing yeah. monster hunter at, or wild hearts. At, at where, when, when a grinding game is done good, it feels like you're wasting time productively. But see, I think yeah. the thing with a grinding game is there also needs to be an endpoint. You need to have like a goal to get to work towards of like, I want to have a build that is top tier build of this weapon or something. Builds or the fashion end game. Yeah, it's like, because then you get the satisfaction when you reach that point of being able to go try something new, which I think that's hmm. the common misconception under a lot of free-to-play mm-hmm. games, which is that you can't have an endpoint because, that, I mean, Path of Exile figured it out, have seasonal content that like refreshes your character, so you need to do a new character every season, and people don't get angry because they really oh, like having what? new characters. Yeah, the way huh. Path of Exile works in seasonal content is your character doesn't carry around and most other ARPGs have adopted this since then if they're doing seasons where stuff gets added into seasons and then you but you don't carry your characters over. You your characters get moved to like a the non-season version of the game where they don't have the like experimental updates. But that means every season huh. there's yeah. a different meta and you can try different builds and do other fun things. But if you decide, hey I'm not gonna play that season, your character doesn't go anywhere. They just get put in the non-seasonal thing for the next time. Which I think is a really good middle ground. Although Path of Exile is at the point where it takes too long to maximize one character so that you can never really, if you casually play that game, you will never play more than one character a season. Yeah. On the topic of, of grinding uh, games or games that do it really, really well, Deep Rock Galactic is another good one just because it's super simple and the grinding is, is really, really well um, Absolutely. balanced in my opinion. It's just fun. Yeah, and I, I'd also throw in Halo Reach. The original Halo Reach of grinding mm. just for armor pieces was legitimately yeah. really fun. 
Yeah, I was gonna say if just like simple multiplayer shooter is like never gonna stop being my just like oh I'm feeling pretty pretty relaxed today. I don't even want to like try that hard, but I know this game is simple, and I don't even need to like hold down left trigger to aim down sights, and I can just no scope people all the time. Yeah, that's, that's great. I was like, yeah, ground war and then Call of Duty fills a, a really yeah, good gap yeah. of that. If I just want to go around and been, have some fun. I, I keep going back to Modern Warfare 2. Like I, I play a good amount of yeah, it. Yeah, I want to play some more of it. It's a good I don't it's just, I don't think it would run going. on this laptop, unfortunately, but yeah, <laughs> I no, probably not. <laughs> you know what else is one more thing I'd say for like feel good games is things where I can just like mess around, like have like go on binging it for a month and just mess around with its physics engine. Yeah, I mean, yeah. listen, Breath of the Wild. There you go. <laughs> That's a good one. So go. yeah, sometimes I just boot up Breath of the Wild and play through the Great Plateau and nothing else because that's just exactly what I wanted to do. Is a little bit of like puzzly stuff to it's, engage. It's with. the best area in the game because it just it feels super concentrated, super focused. Yeah, and I think also puzzle games are a really good fit. Of I'm playing a bit of Hogwarts Legacy, the way that game handles having like little open world puzzles where there aren't hints and whatnot. And you just need to figure something out. I felt so happy when I figured out that I need to use like two spells in combination for a certain puzzle. And nobody told me And I was like, Oh, I feel very smart now. Good feeling. And Hey, and Hey, puzzle games. Professor Layton's back, baby. <laughs> Professor Layton's yeah! going to make you feel good. <laughs> Maybe not in that way. Good. Oh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> anything to end on brett in your little <laughs> smug corner uh i i don't know i i think we we hit all the all the things for i i think it, it just kind of if you can play it without really thinking all that much is the the number one criteria for just a feel good game because Games where that require you know like like really complicated puzzle solving or like a super complex building technique or like a lot of management that takes a lot of thought like they could still feel good, but like I'm thinking but you of have like to be in I... a mood for those you got to exactly. be ready and willing to toss yourself in the deep yeah. end. Like what's I what's am... the equivalent of of snuggling up in, next to the fireplace? I think you've just described nice Dynasty company. Warriors. <laughs> 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 the entire appeal of that franchise and also the Atelier <laughs> games. Yeah, something where I exist. can something where I can sweep a staff and knock like thirteen people off their feet at once. Mm -hmm. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna say that's we we've hit our topics. That's the end of the show. So we're gonna go to shout outs. That's the, uh, the time of the the time. Go for it. I got one. I'm gonna shout out this cool YouTube channel that I'm watching called cinema therapy it's two friends one of them is a professional screenwriter and the other one's a registered therapist and they just go through a movie and they both provide their different insights on a given scene so like you know the, the screenwriter will talk about like oh what works really well about these characters in this scene and stuff and the and the uh, therapist kind of talks about the the psychology behind it too it's super super interesting highly highly recommend it Neat. Yeah. yeah all right um, i'm gonna oh go ahead brett I uh, shout out to uh, a little book you may or may not have heard of it called The King in Yellow, which I have <laughs> finally been reading for uh, preparation for the Signalis uh, no. episode. Oh, 
It's coming uh, up. I've already, I've already made it past Act Two. Uh, so if I was supposed to go insane, that should have happened already. Um, but nothing's changed yet. So I don't, I don't know what that says about me. But uh, it's, it's actually very good for something written in 1895. Uh, it still manages to to hold up in uh, in an interesting way. Um, and there is an official Project Gutenberg free PDF that you can just read if you don't want to spend 12 bucks on a copy from Barnes & Noble. But if you like yourself some, some pre-Lovecraft cosmic horror, uh, very, very good so far. And I'm not someone that really uh, reads too many books at all, so I, I would think that means something. All right. Can I, can I just say, I'm looking forward, Brett, eventually to the, like, Joseph Anderson, Matthew Matosis size, like Signalis, just it's going to be really funny because my my half of the notes are probably going to be like not nearly as in depth, just because I don't pl- tend to play a lot of this type of game. So I'm excited to see when I, Brett destroys my analysis with logic and facts. I, I, <laughs> I already know my synopsis is going to be okay. This is exactly when I shit myself. Uh, cool mechanic. <laughs> I, I'm I'm banking on everybody else just being like this is when this happens in the story because I'm just so that that has gotten gotten up in the just the the muck of Absolute everything else badness. that I have no idea where that is anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right. I'm gonna we'll give my glossary to uh, the Atelier games right now are all on sale on Steam and notably the Dusk Trilogy is on sale and the Dusk Trilogy almost never goes on sale and they're very very. Are you good. saying? Saying dust or dusk? Dusk with a K. Dusk. The I'm Atelier Dusk games. Uh, all the Atelier games are pretty good. Ryza is the newest one and very good, but the Dusk games recently got their DX remasters re released. And they're like the weirdest tonally, but very good. If you're they do have the time limits of the some of the older Atelier games, so they're a little bit more stressful. If you don't like time limits, I would recommend going with the uh, the Sophie games or the newer trilogies rather than Dusk, but if you like a little bit more oomph to your Atelier story and for it to confront the realities of a world that is facing an apocalypse, <laughs> the Dusk games are for you. <laughs> Especially games, right? <laughs> uh, Esha and Lodgy. Esha and Lodgy is very, very good. But yeah, they're they're on sale for the first time in a long time. So I would, I'd recommend those as a good pickup. All right. Alex, close us out on a good note. Um oh god, I don't know why I didn't really have anything. Um shout out to water. <laughs> <laughs> you know what that is definitely a good note. <laughs> And we don't even have a good like theme music to end on. We don't have anything that. to end on. Just, you, look what you've done. We're ending on a shot of you holding a water bottle. <laughs> <laughs>